Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 6, 2020, and today we're reading from the Big Book in Chapter 11, and we're on page 155, the second paragraph, When Our Friend. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Javi K., for the 12 traditions, Esther F., and reading the text are Lynn F., Janice P.M., and Larry K. The reference numbers for Tuesday, May 5th, 2020, 7 a.m., is 14,559. That's 14,559. And for the 10 a.m., are 14,561. That's 14,561. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting or accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Javi K. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Javi K., compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you, Javi. Okay, I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Katie. Hi, good morning. This is Esther S. I am a recover compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio, the 12 traditions. 
Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but, he may, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute, and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today, we resume our study of the big book on page 155, the second paragraph, One Our Friend, and I will ask Lynn F. to begin reading. Lynn, star one. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is Lynn F., recovered in Pennsylvania. When our friend related his experience, the man agreed that no amount of willpower he might muster could stop his drinking for long. The spiritual experience he conceded was absolutely necessary, but the price seemed high upon the basis suggested. He told how he lived in constant worry about those who might find out about his alcoholism. He had, of course, the familiar alcoholic obsession that few knew of his drinking. Why, he argued, should he lose the remainder of his business only to bring more suffering to his family by foolishly admitting his plight to people 
from whom he made his livelihood. He would do anything, he said, but that. Um, and I'll get us started. Um, when I look at this and when I read this paragraph, I am um, reminded that the principle of step 12 is service. And um, just like um, it was illuminated in the text prior to this paragraph, um, Bill was having some mental obsession going on and some wondering mentally uh, on what he was to do. And he chose service. And we'll go on to see how that supported Bill in his recovery and kept him recovering as opposed to going back. Um, And so I have to take that direction for me if I'm going to have um, any chance at at a at a, a, a spiritual awakening. Um, because there's nothing else for me to do in step 12. What it tells me, the directions, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. Um, I have to do this work often. There's never been someone I haven't started or approached that hasn't had a really messy life just like me. Um, I had to have the, my, what I often tell people um, that my step 12 has nothing to do with your step one. I have to continue um, opening the door and sharing the message. And for me, um, there's nothing that's going to keep me safe and in recovered more than working with someone else, cracking the book, rereading the steps, rereading doctor's opinion gives me the time and the um, bandwidth to say, thank you, God. And it keeps me working again, yet again. And I uh, recently heard at the, uh, at his, from the speaker at the OA convention that if I need to work myself, I need to sponsor um, because my life depends upon it. And the litmus test for me, which I heard there, was that I need to be hearing a fifth step every month. You know, if I'm not hearing a fifth step every month, I have space in my life to open up and to give service. And um, I'm excited and giddy to continue reading with you to see um, what this connection is going to mean for these two friends and for the rest of us. And I'll pass. Thanks for um, letting me share. Thank you, Lynn, for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to comment on the second paragraph on page 155? Janice G. from Boston. Mark Janice. Colleen M. Okay, just one second. Yes, I got you, Katie. Um, Thanks, Katie. Okay, I have Janice P.M., Katie G., Mark L., Kim G., and I think there was one other person I didn't get here. Colleen M., that was it. Thank you. Okay, anybody else in this first group? I can take a couple more. Okay. 
Okay, well, let's go with that list. Janice PM, Katie G, Mark L, Kim G, Colleen M. Janice PM, please go. Yes, thank you, Katie. My name is Janice PM from Massachusetts, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. This is, now we're talking about history here, how this whole fellowship and society started. And if we notice, after, after Bill told his experience, which means he told his story, how he started, what his experiences were, with, with what, did, what did Dr. Bob agree to? Yeah, he agreed that uh, no amount of willpower, you know, would, would, give, would stop his drinking. Because don't forget now, this is how it started. If, I, if you turn to XVI, because I think that's very, very important to see behind all this, this process, is that um, XVI, um, okay, um, the second paragraph says that this physician, which was Dr. Bob, had repeatedly tried spiritual means to resolve his alcoholic dilemma but had failed. But when the broker, which is Bill, who we're talking about, that came to Bob with Dr. Silkworth's description of alcoholism, see, that's what it said before. What, what does it mean to be an alcoholic? Well, Dr. Silkworth gave to Bill the real problem, the hopelessness of this disease that it, had, it was a grave nature. See, when you have a problem, the problem here was powerlessness. Then, but he did have a solution, supposedly, because he's coming for Dr. Bob, because both of them came from the Oxford group, which is a religious, you know, program, or whatever it was. And, you know, but, but he couldn't, he could not muster, he couldn't uh, grasp and get sober. Um, until he got the, and he's like Bill. Abby gave the, uh, Silkworth gave the, the problem, which is powerlessness, the allergy, and the, um, the obsession. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up. And then Abby um, gave it to Bill, the solution, but he didn't give the problem. You know, like Silkworth gave the problem what it was to, Bob. And so Bob, he had to admit that, you know, yeah, he, he agrees that you need a spiritual awakening, but he, how could he get it? He, he was in the, he got the six tenants, uh, which was a prelude to the 12 steps. So the whole pro- problem here is as a recovered compulsive overeater, I must know the problem. I must be recovered before we can do any of this stuff. Because what are we going to Yes, certainly. And thank you for the extra time, Katie. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Okay, Katie G, you're up, followed by Mark L. Thanks, Katie F, for your service. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic. So, spoil alert, our friend who argues why he should not go and make amends, he drinks, okay? So, I think that's important to consider here, right? So, so I absolutely came in as the I know guy. Like, I have this food problem. I need you to fix it. 
yeah, I need an experience with God, but I'm not willing to go and tell people about my food addiction, right? And, you know, there's some delusional thinking right there. Like, I think that I can hide my food addiction from other people, and I'm not talking about body weight, and I'm actually not talking about the manifestations of my disease, of like the food. I'm talking about selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, and fear, that I really think that I can hide my bad behavior, and I thought about that for a really long time. Like, I'm willing to do anything, but I'm not willing to go, but I'm really scared, right, as an amend, to go to my boss and say, actually, I compromise the safety of our patients and then I build them you know when I um, and I build them for 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 care they didn't receive you know and I'm really scared to go to these people who I've harmed because coming and starting to do the work for me I, I, I started to realize the exact nature of my malady right and when I'm the I know guy and I'm willing to do anything except that right like we're we're the only people who are dying who are saying oh yeah I'm desperate dying and doomed but you know what it's frothy emotional appeal if I'm not willing to do anything. It is very easy on the phone for me to say I'm willing. You know what willing sounds like with this harm that he's done is knock, knock on the door. Hey, I was wrong, right? And it reminds me earlier in the book, it talks about the alcoholic leading a double life. I no longer am able to lead a double life or what happens. Eating will be a step up. Spoiler alert, our friend who hears this message, who hears this experience, drinks because not willing, right? And, you know, as a recovered woman, I only have these 24 hours. As our friend says, I am a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. Today I do not suffer from compulsive overeating. But it requires continued humility. It requires showing up when I'm not the best Katie that I can be and saying, Hey, you know what? I was wrong. I was impatient with you, and I blamed you. Um, and, and it requires continue, um, continue to not be thinking about me and what I can get out of this world. Um, so, you know, I, and I, I just want to wrap up with this. My willingness to get right with God, I've got to get right with God's kids. And, and to me, if I'm not willing to go and, and make amends and set things right, I'm not getting right with God's kids, and i got no relationship with God. I, I don't have a shot. And food will be a step up from how I'm thinking. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And Mark L., you're up, followed by Kim G. Mark, star one. My name is Mark Kell from Harvard, Connecticut. Thank you, Katie. Um, uh, thank you for sharing. Um, I, I love this. I love this reading. Um, that that word mustard, uh, mustard. That the the tell tell y'all, I got a problem. I got a serious problem of eating, binging my life away. I did that for for so many years. I I ate food so much. I did not want to live no more. The only way I want to live is bend my life away. But when I came inside this fellowship, OE Anonymous, y'all told me, Mark, you can't do it no more. This, this is a solution. Get your, at your high power, and then come inside the room and say, I got a problem. And, and y'all will tell me this way you got to 
get affluent or 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 stay away from binging on food. You told me I got to study these twelve steps, study these twelve decisions, and 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 be willing to uh, do service work. I do that today for many years, and y'all, and, and I'm glad I have did it, and and that's the only way I'm gonna do it. I love this fellowship, and I love you today. Thanks for letting me share. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mark. Okay, Kim G., you're up, followed by Colleen M. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., and I've been recovered since January 2011. And, you know, I think there's a good question in here. The question is, do I believe that any amount of willpower I muster will not allow me to stop drinking for any period of time? Do I believe that a spiritual experience is absolutely necessary. Um, so that's not my background music. Annoys me. So I think of page 24 where it says at certain times. So what was those willpower that I, um, that I employed, you know, trying to find that right sponsor, meeting makers make it, tools only program, avoiding people, places, and things, triggers, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, getting a date with that guy, getting that type of job, you know, having enough money in the bank, remember your last drunk, think the drink through. Those are all ways that I employed willpower in the program. You know, and if we talk about the program, I think of page 59 where it says, here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. So the program is the 12 steps. And I have to tell you, for, for 17 years in OA, I said I was in and out of program. But after working these steps, I realized what I was really saying was I've been in and out of the fellowship. I've been in, on and off a diet. I've been in a 12-step program trying to only work eight tools. That my program was basically fear and fellowship. And my program was opinions and slogans of people I heard in the room. You know, I heard a speaker say recently about working the steps, that going to a step meeting is not working the steps, that reading the steps is not working the steps, discussing the steps is not working the steps, arguing the steps is not working the steps, critiquing the steps is not working the steps, rewriting the steps, which I tried to do many times, is not working the steps. So when I have no other options, when I'm out of ideas, when a spiritual experience is absolutely necessary, that is when I did the steps. And I, I just want to end with, you know, I'm very grateful for the wisdom of the elders of this meeting to create this new format on sharing. And I, I'm really enjoying on the weekends, I'm looking over the paragraphs for the week, and I'm asking God where I can be useful, where I can illuminate truth, where I can give hope and, and share once a week. And I'm hoping others are doing the same. I'm hoping others aren't just counting the days down so they can talk yet again. That this fellowship is, of this meeting is illuminated by a variety of voices. And instead of trying to find the loopholes of how you can speak more frequently, allow the time so that we can hear more voices witnessed to the absolute miracle of these steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Sorry for the background noise. Um, and Colleen M., oops, Colleen M., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares on page 155, the second paragraph. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for your service. And I'm Colleen M., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Maryland. 
And I just wanted to drill down on the, uh, I would, I could, I would be willing to do anything but that. And I just uh, hit me this morning uh, how many times, how many years I spent in my addiction saying that either out loud or in my head, that I, I am so desperate to get recovered and to get out of this disease, but I'm not willing to do that, whatever that may be. I'm not, I, I'll weigh and measure my food only when I'm home. I won't take I'll go to restaurants and pretend I'm not on a food plan or eat healthy if I think it's healthy. Uh, I will do the steps but not call people, I, you know, blah, 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 on and on and on. Until I surrendered completely and became willing to, one, accept that I did not have all the answers and I needed to follow this program the way it was told to me by my sponsor. And even if it didn't make sense or I didn't want to do it, that I had to be willing to do it. And then get to work and... Um, surrender to my higher power, accept that I was where I was, um, that my life was exactly the way it was supposed to be. And uh, like Katie said, um, you know, being willing to do those, those events and not worrying about them until they came up. Don't worry about step nine when you're doing step one. You know, God will give you the, uh, my higher power gave me the willingness and the strength to do my amends when it was time. I could not think about step nine when I was trying to get abstinent at step one. Thanks for letting me share. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Colleen. And okay, so if you've just joined us, we're on page 155, the second paragraph. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Linda G. Linda G. Gloria K. T from Miami. Say that again, please. T from Miami. What is your name? T. Oh, your name? Like Tom. Okay. Okay, T. Okay, so I have Lindsay and Larry K. Okay, just one second. Let me just tell you who I have, and you can add in if... um, I missed you. Linda D, Craig F, Gloria, I did not get your initial T, and I did not get your initial, and Larry K. Anyone else that I missed? Michael M. Michael M. Kim T. And Kim T. Okay. Um, go ahead, please, Linda D, followed by Craig F. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. Linda D. in Connecticut. Uh, I'm awed by some of the things I'm hearing today. Um, Particularly what Kim said about, she didn't say it this way, but it meant, Linda, shut up and do what you're doing and keep listening to God because God's going to tell you when to talk and what you have to share. So I'm going to let that rip right now. Um, I'm in a 12-step program uh, OA, R-O-A-A. I don't know what that is. It's not me. Um, for almost 40 years, and I have uh, six years and a few months of recovered state. And what a gift it is. And I've had periods of abstinence and recovery, best I could do, best as was available, because 
oh, it crumbled where I live. Um, but the point is that today I woke up and I'm still powerless over food. So I'm going to say it a simple way that I say it now. I didn't say it this way, of course, when I started. I just wanted to lose weight and look good and not hate who I was, although I didn't have words for that. But today, um, I listen. I listen to inside and that gift of knowing that, absolutely knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that God, however you want to use the word, I can now use the word God, although I was an atheist at the time, uh, this force, this power showed up, and it's inside as well as in all things and all people. And uh, that's intellectual. Um, But that was an enormous gift, and I can use it every day by letting it use me. So I'm going to just say that I'm self-destructive with food, That doesn't change. And what changes is the thought, the thinking process. These steps have given me a way to get to the inside without all the garbage of, you know, the human garbage that accumulates. And it accumulates. And I cannot figure out today, oh, I have some ideas, but it'll change. It will definitely change. So I have to learn how to listen. And what am I listening to? Essentially, it's love. I think I know how to love. It's like a Hallmark card. No, it isn't. It has to do with compassion and kindness to other people and to myself and how to negotiate all the different problems in life. And that guide is inside and those steps give me that guide on a daily basis, as long as I do it with people who understand what's going on with me and them, that we're very self-destructive. I'll speak for myself. Very. I can change from one thing to the next. And thank you, I pass. Thank you, Linda. Okay, Craig F., you're up, followed by Gloria. Thank you. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I relate so much to this paragraph um, and, and what he wrote here. Um, no amount of willpower he could mu- You know, I thought I had a lot of willpower. What I had was a lot of, of stubbornness and self-will, and uh, it, it, it was so um, limiting, it, uh, so counterproductive uh, to... Uh, living a, a spiritual life to living a uh, to living a, a productive spiritual life, and uh, but he lived in constant worry that those people might find out about his alcoholism. And, you know, it's hard sometimes, especially if you're uh, the overweight kind. Um, you know, the, the, there's a dose of reality that hits you. Uh, every time, you know, I remember walking down the street one time in, in a plate glass window in the front of a store and getting a look at my reflection and thinking, that, that, that can't be me. I don't look like that. Well, you know, reality was right in front of me. And, uh, you know, my uh, dys, the dysmorphia, that, that idea that, uh, you know, I, 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 I looked 
I looked thinner than I really looked. I looked um, more handsome, more uh, 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 acceptable. Um, you know, the people couldn't see, or that, um, you know, people, uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a compulsive overeater. I wasn't, uh, 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 you know, I wasn't overweight because I ate too much. I was overweight because uh, I, my, uh, I didn't have time to work out or uh, my metabolism was too slow or uh, it was hereditary, uh, you know that it it wasn't anything that was a uh, the result of a spiritual malady. My goodness, no, not me, not me. And then when it came to my recovery, you know, uh, I I would do anything but that. Uh, I would do anything but that, and and the anything but that that I wouldn't do uh, was uh, uh, admit to certain things, to to make amends for certain things, to to uh, say I was wrong. And the, and the ones that were hardest for me were the ones where uh, the other person had some fault too. You know, it, it, the easy ones were the ones where I knew I'd screwed up. It was my fault. That that was simple. But if, uh, if I'd screwed up and you'd screwed up, if I'd been uh, at fault or if... Uh, uh, and, and and you'd been at fault. I didn't want to make amends to you. I I wanted I I wanted you to make amends to me. Oh, I could make amends to you if I knew you were gonna you were gonna take up your side too. But but um, you know the the it was almost horrifying to me the idea that I would make amends to you and you'd Fine, say please. thank you, thank you. I knew I was right. You know instead of saying thank you and here's what I did. You know, um, so uh, I, I fought and resisted that for decades, and and the results were, were nil until I gave myself to this program completely. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, next, please, we have Gloria followed by T. Gloria, star one. Hi, this is Gloria Kay from Broward County, Florida. All I have to say is thank you, thank you, thank you to OA, thank you to the visit, to putting 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 this together. And I wanna like talk about the uh, how I got abstinent in nineteen oh my god, eighty seven was I was in public on a, I guess, daily basis. I had a young baby at the time. And all I know is, before program, I would walk in there and eat one pound of red licorice every day I went in there. Uh, And it was was crazy. And what happened was, all, all that happened was I started praying. And the spiritual part of this program came through me, and I stopped. And I have have never done that since. So thank you to OA, thank you to the vision, and the friends that I've made along the way. I mean, my first meeting, it was in Miami. There were 100 people, and a whole bunch of us used to go to meetings like, 
I don't know, three, four times only, but we were friends. I was still friends with some of them. Some of them have passed. But I still have my crew that I call on a daily basis. So it's just a shout-out because I don't share, but um, I'm a professional uh, therapist, so I'm busy with counseling a lot, but I do sponsor here and there, and I love this program and keep on being there to save the lives of the spirituality is where it's at. Thank you. Thank you, Gloria Kay. And I have T next, followed by Larry Kay. Hi, I'm T. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, This paragraph hits every single one of the reasons why I would never admit while in program, while in recovery, I thought, I would never tell people that I was going to OA, that I was, you know, working 12 steps. It was pure, pure shame. I read, I read this sentence, and and it's, you know, I I definitely lived in constant worry about those who might find out about his alcoholism, and it's the inside and the outside of my disease that constantly worried me, and initially. I weighed over 300 pounds, yet I didn't think that you could see that I was morbidly obese. I, you know, that constant worry that people might find out that I was fat. I mean, it got to be that basic for me. And it, it, it's insanity at, at at the core, at its highest. And, you know, admitting to people that this was my problem, that this is something, I mean, how, you know, I wore my disease on the outside, but it came from the inside. And I knew that I could not admit that on my own of my own willpower, you know, no no human power could help me. It was that spiritual experience, turning my life over to my higher power, and until I did that, um, my life was a living hell. And today, thank God, it's um, when I read these, these pages, when I read these paragraphs, it it reminds me of... Um, who I used to be, and how um, you know miracles do happen in this program, and I'm glad I've stayed long enough to experience some of those miracles. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, T. And Larry K. You're up, followed by Michael M. Thanks very much, uh, Katie, for your service. Um, Larry K. Recovered this morning. You know, um, I really enjoyed the shares. And, um, you know, what is it in this paragraph? What is it about us that we can't admit our wrongs at certain times? 
You know, there's the, the answer is really related to our ego. That you know, it's it's the psychological makeup that makes it impossible for for that person to admit they're wrong, even when it is obvious they were. And why does this happen so repetitively? And why are we? Is there such resistance to doing this? The answer really is related to the ego and how how amazing that this again this this program of the spiritual program of action is going to right size the ego. Their very sense of self. The, the, some people have such a fragile ego, such brittle self-esteem, such a weak uh, psychological constitution. They're going to need God's help. That admitting they made a mistake or that they were wrong is fundamentally, it's too threatening to their egos to tolerate. Accepting that they were wrong, absorbing that reality would be so psychologically shattering that all those defense mechanisms do, you know, they do something remarkable to avoid admitting we're wrong. They literally distort their perception of reality to make, to make it less threatening. Their defense mechanisms protect their fragile ego. We need God to change that, to unmask. So we will, we will as human beings, we will change the very facts in our minds so that we're no longer culpable, we're no longer wrong. And as a result, we come up with statements, you know, that all the reasons, and we become an authority, and we become the judge, and oh, do we speak so eloquently about everyone else, and yet we can't see our own fragile ego. This spiritual program begins to change that. You can hear the humility in some, can you not hear the humility in someone's voice? Can you not see the humility? Is it so difficult to see the humility in someone? Oh, we can see a changed person. We can see a changed person. See, people who repeatedly exhibit this kind of behavior, it's that fragile ego that God needs to strengthen. And it's difficult for people to accept because in the out, to the outside world, you know, they look as if they're, they're confidently standing their ground and not backing down in things that we associate with strength. But Psychological rigidity is not a sign of strength. It's a sign of weakness. This program changes that. It breaks us down so that we can become humble and one among many. I thank God for this program. I'm no authority. There's no elders on this line. There's no, there's no chosen ones on this line. We're in a triangle. God's at the top, and we are all equal, absolutely equal. Thank God for this program. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Larry. And Michael M., you're up, followed by Kim T. Thank you for your service. My name is Michael M. Um, Many years ago, I had to uh, lecture on spirituality, and I I said, oh, Christ, what am I going to do? And I read in the dictionary, spirituality was a feeling of well-being. And and thank you to my higher power that, I found vision a few years back. Uh, it's it's uh, rocketed me into a, a world of spirituality that I had forgotten. I, I just I I'm the type that always threw the baby out with the bathwater, and I, I I can say for the first time in a long time I am entirely abstinent. And the changes that have come into my life over the years. Um, I'm such a different person. I'm a better person. And just being coming here to your to vision 
has enhanced everything I ever learned, and it's 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 with me. I haven't lost it, and I'm ever grateful because I never thought I would be in this spiritual space and not so arrogant and you know accepting, uh, not so critical. It it really is uh, an amazing. Uh, I'm I've always been the type that can climb mountains and trip over pebbles and. Now it's it's just I'm so very very grateful for what I continue to learn every day and to say that I'm entirely absent is like a trip it's a dream. Thank you for your service. Thank you for being there. The pass. Thank you, Michael. And now we'll have Kim T. Thank you. Hi, this is Kim T. Recovered compulsive reader in Denver. Um, what hit me this morning. First of all, everyone's shares have really, again, brought another paragraph in the big book to life because I thought, mm, this paragraph was good, but it just didn't really speak to me. Although, because we go slowly, we go paragraph by paragraph, the sentence in this particular one, he had, of course, a familiar alcoholic obsession that few knew of his drinking. And from a surface perspective, you know, I didn't have that much weight to lose, but I was always um, trying to hide my latest binge, especially if I was just going into a meeting at work or going to meet friends, I was like sucking my teeth in and try to get the chocolate and the chips out of my teeth. And if I didn't have a toothpick or whatever, and, you know, my breath just always smelled like what I just ate. And then an amends that I just made was to a man that I lived with in my early 20s who I just saw his his wrongs. But once I wrote about it, then I saw my wrongs and made amends to him. And he said to me, Kim, he said, I knew you were really, you had some real problems, and I tried to do my best. And I didn't ask him to say that. I mean, that was that was very gracious of him. And I never saw his part. So I had the the obsession that he didn't really he didn't know about my eating my my addiction and that he didn't understand and he didn't care well he knew in the way he, a normal eater norm non a non-addict could know and he was trying to do the best he could and that just opened up some space in my heart for i mean i've just taken such a different look at that part of my life as well as, as a lot of relationships in my life because I thought, I don't know, it's it's just put me on new footing, on solid footing, and I'm so grateful and that this program has opened me up to being able to speak the truth, to go through my past, and to be as honest as I can be um, in the hopes that all of this will get me closer to God and be um, and I'll be able to be of service to others. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now who else we have time for? Let's see, we have time for three more shares. Who would like to share on page 155, the second paragraph? Who hasn't shared Lisa lately? Jr. Lisa Jr. Take one or two more. Okay, well, let's go with you, Lisa, and then we'll see who wants to jump in at the end. Um, Courtney M. Okay, Courtney M. 
Okay, go ahead, Lisa Jr. Star one. Good morning. Lisa. Good morning, Lisa Jr. Here. Um, thanks for your service, and thanks everybody for being on the line. You know, like so many of you, when I came into the rooms, you know, I thought that uh, John Candy Corn and King Cupcakes were the problem. Um, you know, I didn't, I knew, uh, had a belief in, in my higher power that was very strong, but it, it never really made the two-foot drop until I got in this program. But one of the things that I, I can really relate into this paragraph is that he said, that last sentence, he would do anything, he said, but that. And when it came time to making my amends, I must admit that I, I tried to identify out of that too. Well, when to do so would harm others. Well, I could, I could rationalize that making my amends, even for the simplest things, would, you know, uh, harm that person potentially. You know, so I was going to go forth making living amends to everybody. I was going to, you know, and as I have, um, have done in some cases, but there were some people that I really had to, to, you know, face, suck it up and face them, you know, and could have been, you know, damaged. My reputation could have been damaged, but so what? You know, I can look the world in the eye today. I sucked it up and I did what I had to do so that I didn't have to skulk around the room like a rat, following the walls, trying not to be noticed. Um, you know, the only way to be free indeed is to do what this book says. And with that, I'll pass. Okay. Thank you, Lisa J.R. and Courtney M., you're up. And then we'll have time for one more after her. Hi, this is Courtney M. Recovering in Southwest Florida. Um, <clears throat> like so many people have already shared this morning, um, the sentence that popped out for me was the familiar alcoholic obsession that few knew his drinking. And somebody else shared earlier that they were, you know, obese and, and thinking that they had everybody fooled. And that was my story, too. Um, I, you know, was wobbling around in a, in a 275 pound body and I'm fairly tall, but not tall enough to, to, to say that that's a healthy weight. And, um, you know, thinking that I, I could just look at myself from the neck up and, oh, you know, I'm pretty, my hair looks good, you know, <laughs> I just... I just didn't want to see the rest. And, and I thought somehow that people didn't realize, you know, that I had a, an eating problem. And I, and I always felt like there was something wrong with me that I couldn't, I couldn't assert that willpower like everybody else and stop eating. And I'm really grateful that, uh, that this, this book exists and that it was brought to my attention because understanding that I just don't react to food the way others do um, who, who are normal eaters. I just don't. And that's such a big surrender for me. I just don't want to admit that. That's so hard to say, uh, I can't eat like you. 
I can't stop at one. Um, it's very humbling. Um, but for a long time, I just didn't want to see it. I wanted to think that, you know, it was just because I couldn't, you know, I wasn't uh, working out enough or whatever. I didn't want to see that maybe there was uh, another solution. And now I see it, and I'm so grateful that I get to see it. And I'm so grateful for these calls every day. Um, and thank you all for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Courtney. And we have three more minutes if someone would like to take that spot. This is Nancy F. Okay, Nancy, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm just very grateful that we're having this meeting, and I'm so glad to be with y'all. Uh, yesterday was the first meeting that we actually could see people in person, and there's nothing else like it. I still miss the hugs, but... At least we were all there together. It was amazing. Thank you. Okay. Well, we still have some time. If we still have two and a half minutes, if someone would like to share. What page are you on, please? We're on page 155, the second paragraph. Judith R. Okay. Go ahead, Judith. Thank you. Thank you. Two minutes, um, please. Uh-huh. Yep. Judith are gratefully recovered in Vermont. Um, the illusion that other people didn't know about it, in my case, other people didn't know about it from the size of my body. I came in at about 133, and the dance department said I should be 116. Um, they should. They said I should be 122 as a normal person, but as a dancer, I should be 116, which I was when I started my first diet. But it was even worse for me because everybody at OA thought, "What are you doing here? You're, you're, you're normal." To me, I was not normal at all. I was suicidal. But they thought, they thought people, people in general didn't know from my size. Now, from my from the way I acted in the world, who knows what people could tell. Um, the depression that I didn't realize I had, the ADHD I didn't realize I had, and the compulsive overeating that I knew I had, but um, but not necessarily others could tell from my size. And so, um, and I think it's almost a gift when people can recognize that other people recognize that that they have the disease. And I had the disease in spades, but um, people couldn't tell by my outward appearance. And um, sort of like Dr. Bob thought that people couldn't, couldn't tell by his, uh, he thought people didn't know that he was drunk and everybody knew. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Judith. Okay, well, we've come to the end of our meeting, and thank you to everyone who has shared. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, May 6, 2020, 7 a.m. meeting is 14,571. That's 14571. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
Well, Janice PM, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Certainly. Thank you. <clears throat> our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.